Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. When you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get great savings and round-the-clock protection, which is as beautiful as looking your firstborn child in the eyes for the first time. Well, that's a bit much. Maybe it's more like looking your second-born child in the eyes for like the third or fourth time. Point being, the savings and round-the-clock protection are really, really magical. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch. And I paid a pretty hefty price. Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Skinwalker Watch Along episode 4. We are officially halfway through the watch along already. And it is myself, Andy, and my co-host Dan. Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am awesome. I shouldn't really say this evening, should I? Because someone could be listening this in the morning. So if it's the morning when you're listening to this, good morning. If it's the afternoon, good afternoon. And, you know, if it's sometime in the future where a nuclear holocaust has darkened the skies and we no longer have day or night, then, you know, best of luck with whatever you're doing and that you're surviving. So well done. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, but anyway, this is a Patreon early access exclusive. So thank you for everyone supporting on Patreon. Released slightly later than planned due to scheduling conflicts over the weekend, but it will be out this Monday night, the 29th of June. So look for that dropping into your Patreon feed, and then it will be going live on the main feed for everyone free of charge on Friday, the something of July. That would be Friday, the 3rd of July at 9am UK time. So awesome. Dan, are we good to get straight into recording things, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Let's go awesome. for it. Um, so, oh, I was going to ask you though, wasn't I? Uh, your thoughts so far on the first three episodes? You were. <clears throat> I, I think it's a it's a strong opening. Uh, we've we've established the kinds of things that happen on the ranch. We've established the geography of the ranch. We've established who's here, uh, the kind of resources they have, um, and who the new team is. Um, so, yeah, this is a pretty exciting episode to get into. This one, um, it really steps up a notch again. Yeah, it, we said that last episode, didn't we, that we felt it had kind of kicked up a gear. This one definitely starts to sh- shift into seventh gear and Brandon's Batmobile. So, yeah, it definitely kicks <laughs> off. So, folks, if you're ready, as always, myself and Dan are watching an ad-free version of the show. Um, just a file that we have got is 40, 41, 42 minutes long. Um, we'll do a 3, 2, 1, and then hit play. So, if you're ready, folks, we're going to go 3, 2, 1, play. You should have previously and the shot of the ultra cool drone um, that had poor connection so that would be getting taken back to the shop. And again, some awesome little recaps here of what happened in episode three. I mean, who would be so sad to triangulate positions on a map? That is just tragic, <laughs> isn't it, Dan? What's your thoughts on triangulation points on a map? Uh, I will say that it does uh, approximately triple the length of each episode when you're stopping <laughs> and putting points on a map. <laughs> So yeah, if you didn't catch the Dan's map that you should have on Twitter, we'll make sure it's retweeted again um, for for this episode coming out. But it's some absolutely stellar work done on there uh, on your part, Dan. Um, we obviously had at the end of the last episode a bit of a tease with the potential pile of bones on the floor. Um, That's right. 
Now, they use a pretty cool snake camera, don't they, here? Um, on the... I keep wanting to do air quotes and only Dan's going to get to see them when I say <laughs> pile of bones because it turns out to be a pretty small pile, doesn't it? It does, and they do say that the wall is pretty thick, which would make quite a bit of rubble. Um, the yes. bit they seem to be concerned with is the darker coloured stuff, which they say uh, in a minute, I think they say it looks like uh, something that's been burned. Yes, there is the mention of burned skin, there is the mention of blood, there is teeth, there is bones. Um, but yeah, kind of getting straight into the conversation on that, like, what did you think of the pile at the end of the last episode is this just another case of bringing the case and it's a magnet uh is this the same sort of anticlimactic thing for you or do you think this is a pretty good little reveal potentially i mean when when i was writing my notes i wrote exactly that it was you know a bit too dramatic but then that was i basically forgotten that it wasn't resolved because of something big that happened in the episode um, they move on from it fairly quickly. Um, I won't mention it till we get there, but we don't get a resolution, but there's a, a very good reason for that. Yeah, and, and they do move on from it, and it is kind of just like, oh, this could be something, and we just totally forget about it. And it's not a spoiler to say we don't really come back to it, do we, in the rest of the series? No, we don't. Um, I made no here to say just... I hope we get something more in season two. Even if they say, hey, remember those bones from season one? That was nothing. Yeah, that could be the um, the trailer that opened season two. Remember those bones? <laughs> yeah, that was nothing. But we have some exciting stuff around this time. Do you know what did kind of, I was thinking about, right? So you've got Candace and Tom, who are the caretakers of the ranch. And they, they do the kind of day-to-day dealings with the cattle, the, the farming of the land, and you're keeping the active ranch part of things that people forget about kind of going. But, they, they have said they've had a lot of spooky goings on within the house. And the title of this, this episode four is High Strangeness, okay? Which encompasses all kinds of different incidents and paranormal events, spooky goings on. Now, this, this wall that you can see here is pretty thick. And the quote that is used, I think it was Travis's, it was made to seal something in or keep something out. They don't seal the wall back it. up. Yeah, they, they open it and then just, just leave it. And I yeah. didn't realise till watching it back for researching this episode, I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to do the Patreon exclusive and say shit. So um, they just left that open. Now, if you are talking about something evil being in there, or let's just put the cards on the table, some kind of evil spirit being locked in there, or some interdimensional portal that um, a concrete wall would stop something getting through, it's just been left open. Yeah. It, it reminded me when I was younger, I remember Burger King did a promotion when Ghostbusters came out. It's taking me back now. And um, they did empty cans with the Happy Meals. And it was a ghost in a can, basically. And I remember my sister terrifying me by threatening to open this can. And that's exactly what this made me think of. I remember <laughs> like, that. I remember that back when Happy Meal toys and Burger King toys were cool. Um, because as children, we didn't eat and swallow them. So now you have to have a small teddy normally as part of your Happy Meal, which is absolutely yeah, tragic. That's good. It yeah, absolutely. Good. But do you know what? Given um, series such as this and the Unidentified, which is now officially coming out on the 11th of July, maybe the next mm-hmm. series of Happy Meal toys or Burger King toys or you know whichever kind of restaurant you choose to eat in, um, vegan-friendly options are available. Maybe it'll be like UFOs and little ETs and stuff <laughs> like that. That would be cool. 
everything on the menu would be unidentified. It'd be awkward to order. That would be pretty cool. I'll have the unidentified <laughs> burger. What meat do you use with that? Um, I can't tell you, sir. That's classified. classified. I like it. I'll take two. <laughs> That's a whole chain of restaurants we've just came up with right there. Every, I go. Every item's unidentified. You know, what do you want to drink? Yeah, you don't have an option. You just get a soda or a pop or a juice, whatever you want, whichever country you're, you're based in. You know, I do feel, not to go too off topic, but I'm starting to talk in more American terms, given the, the population of listeners based in the US. So apologies to any British listeners or anyone based further afield than that. So listen, anyway, they're getting back okay. to the um, the renovation part of the show here where they are. Travis is smashing through the concrete wall like the Brad Pitt it's warrior. Thick, yeah, you can see it. Yeah. It's, and uh, there is a lot of rubble. There is. And, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? That you've you've probably just contaminated that whole area that you've uh, you've talked about with there being a pile of ash because there is definitely a pile of ash now, but it's mainly concrete wall that you've smashed in. Yeah. S- same with that pipe, right? You know the, the ventilation you can see above them? Mm-hmm. Does that also go into the room? Or is that separately? Yeah, I, over it, I think. They say there's no, there's no kind of holes in the walls or any way for okay. anything to get in and out. I mean, it's pretty dusty. So Thomas, being the absolute champion that he is, gets right in. He's there, so fearless. Yeah, he is. He's considering what's happened to him as well. Yeah, that's it. You, you would think, think Travis might have been the one that would have went. Look, I'll I'll take this one, but Travis again just decides I'll step back and let you carry on in that really really dusty asbestos-filled room, Thomas. So. But yeah, Thomas has been an absolute champ in knocking through the wall. So it's maybe a bit of a slower start to the episode. If you've seen that renovation program where the two brothers, the identical twins, go in and remodel people's homes, it's a little bit like that <laughs> to kick off. It did make me laugh. It's a very, uh, maybe macho is the wrong word, male moment. No, you know, I, like, I, I, how see, do, I let's see what go. you mean though. I see what you mean though. We've got, we've got some hammers. We can knock some stuff in. Right now, I can't see how... That's what I, can... I do, though, so, you know. Yeah, just smashing through after you spent the night on the <laughs> yeah. ranch, which I have already said I would absolutely not do. I would stay in one of Thomas's uh, previously owned hotel or motel chains that he, he owned, uh, owned previous. I'm, so there's, there's the stuff. i the day after. See, see if it was me, like, the, the, and we're going to get to the bones in a second, right? He's gave him a little dustpan to kind of pick things up. Could it not just be like a rat or a mouse that was in there? It could have been, but I guess it's strange that there's a single one in there and there's no entrance or exit to it except for the hole they just made. You know, it's, as, it's a little as, strange. Is that true, it. though? That, because there's no entrance or exit from this side when they break through, but we don't really see the rest of the room in detail, so there could still be some kind of small crevice or gap or, or something that something squeezed through, maybe. I, I don't know, but... Yeah... I, I think I think I'm thinking of when they put the camera through the smaller mm-hmm. hole. Uh, they mentioned there was no other way in, um, but they had limited vision then. So you know yeah. that might have changed once they got in there and had a look around. Well, they've they've got their bag of dust and bones anyway, and they're pulling themselves out. And do you know what? At this point of the episode, you think halfway through the season, we really need something to kind of kick on and whet your appetite, and we do get that coming up. So we won't we won't go into that we just do. yet. Um, but yeah, we're going to get to see back in the command center in just a second as we see the room. And I'm kind of having a little look around to see if we can uh, see any other kind of holes and entrances. But it, it does look pretty well sealed off. So 
Travis and Thomas look very keen in getting out of that very dusty little area. And it seems I've just told the caretakers, look, sorry we made a bit of a mess. Um, you can, you can <laughs> find Brandon will pick up the bill for that one, I'm sure. The new wine cellar. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, so Candice and Tom are in the command centre with Travis, Eric and Thomas. And they're just all discussing the kind of pile of bones. And we get to see some of the cool tech being used, but they've got um, a very cool microscope to to analyse the material that's just been found. So what, what were you thinking at this point, I, Dan? That I want to fill a bag with all of Eric's toys and just go out on the ranch. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, he seems to have so many cool little bits of kit there. It does. And do, you know, do you know what I was thinking, though? So earlier in the series, we had the, the whole episode where they were going down the, not the sinkhole, but, you know, in the Mesa, they had the cracks that opened up and they found parts of the... Oh, that was the sinkhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, so, there was a sinkhole there, yeah. Could they not stick the camera on a rope down there with a little light on it and kind of look and see what's down there, how far it goes down. That that wasn't attempted or not could. Really seen yeah, anyway. That's just been kind of left. I, I guess I guess that might come back to what Thomas said to you with this is more of an observation time. Um and you know that they, they know that hole's there and Brandon can get some amazing robots and pop them down and see what's there, you know. Yeah, season two, they might go all out and be, okay, first episode, we're going to put £1,000 of TNT and blow a hole in the side of the Mesa because we think there might be a huge UFO craft behind that wall and we want to see what's in there. Uh, probably not. If digging with the spade gets the reaction, I mean... Yeah. But listen, the, the phrase that's coming up soon is poking the hornet's nest. So if you want to blow up the hornet's nest and see what's inside, that's always an option. But yeah, so they're looking at the the stuff just now this is one of the bits i will go back to my tried and tested slightly over dramatized because it could be a whole lot of nothing that they're eric looking at agrees. just now eric, eric gave them a little look then uh, someone said is it skin and he kind of gives this for a brow look that yeah. i think is very much on your side <laughs> yeah so that's what i got as well i get the impression that travis who is now in three weeks gone from total non-believer to signing up to Stephen Greer's CE5 app and attending seances <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Um, he is all for this, being E.T. Bones, and, and I'm exaggerating, but, you know, he's he's really finding the the, mis- the mystery and everything, which is great, especially in a, a show like this. And we have to remember it as entertainment. But Eric, you're quite right, still tries to say pretty grounded. And I love how Eric can get really excited about stuff, but he's still like, like there's yeah. another one of those looks where he's like, eh, really? Yeah, like, it's, it's the look we all do when we kind of read that David Wilcock tweet, don't we? <laughs> Just read. <laughs> Other tweets are available. But yeah, <laughs> we've got a lot, a lot of looking at the TV. Eric seems mildly unimpressed. You know, it's very much left with a, you know, this could be something, look at the teeth and bones, but I can imagine Eric's conversation off camera has very much been, yeah, it could be nothing though, folks. It's a, a bag of dust. I mean, I hear there's some rockets arriving on site soon, so you know maybe we could go and play with those. You know, let's let's head outside <laughs> and play with the rockets that are arriving. He'd have a point if that were to happen. <clears throat> yeah, because we're going to get some cool high altitude experiments coming back in. I can't ever help but when you see the command center, kind of having a look about the background and stuff, and just looking on those TVs and monitors, and if they left any Easter eggs or anything in there to to look at. 
So things are going to yeah, get interesting sure. now, Dan, aren't they? So we've, we've had our kind of follow-on from the end of episode three, and this is definitely where things go into kind of fourth and fifth gear in the series uh, for the rest of the show. So we've got the cattle arriving on the ranch. We've got, I believe, is it 40 cattle arriving? And Batman, I think that's right, alert, yeah. Batman alert, there's Brandon. So <laughs> Brandon tells us about previous cattle mutilations, which is something that was touched on earlier in the series, but will definitely become more prevalent as the, the next couple of episodes go on. This is something and one of the main things that's always fascinated me with the UA, UFO, UAP phenomena, especially about Skinwalker Ranch is any kind of cattle mutilations and the reasons that could be behind it. Um, he talks about, you know, no blood, blood being drained completely from animals, uh, incisions made with like, surgical precision. Yeah, so cattle mutilations are a, a really interesting thing for me because it, it just can't be a bunch of high school kids or, you know, students or grown men kicking about in the desert draining blood from animals and there's no way some of these things have been yeah. done by by like coyotes and wild animals absolutely agree they're, they're like there are just too many stories where you know we're, we're talking such small amounts of time between the people seeing the animal and then finding the animal like that it's it's insanity it's the only bit of the phenomena that creeps me out a little bit you know like it's it's worrying <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't want any of us to end up going through that. And, you know, like when you when you hear about so many things with the UFO phenomena and people going missing and abductions and you don't know that this doesn't happen and, you know, the reasons behind it, why when you hear about this potentially being, you know, one of the theories is that the planet's a bit of an experiment potentially and are these different entities that are up there, they've got different agendas, you know, some are friendly, some aren't so friendly, some of them don't particularly care, and it's just different people kind of toying with the human race and different species that are on the planet, then why wouldn't they kind of pick these things up, see what they are, and sometimes they throw them back, but then sometimes they don't, you know, we do, we go fishing, some of them get thrown back, some of them don't, so... Um, it's, it's a pretty interesting kind of theory anyway, and they do talk about the cattle being used by Bigelow previously in these bait pens. And that's, again, something that will come up in one of the later episodes that caused a bit of controversy with the, the alpacas. Now, they don't ever yeah, say they're going to use these as bait, but more of a, a warning system potentially and a behavioural study, which which to me seems fair enough. Bait, bait pen, I remember during a Twitter conversation, conversation uh random posted that bait pen was a term that was left over from the bigelow uh era so they were kind of changing the terms so now they're kind of more observation towers sounds a lot nicer one man's tennis the, another the, man's freedom fighter isn't it it's yeah. tomato tomato they, they're always brought on with the best intentions it seems but it always seems to go wrong um, yeah. Like I said in the in our last episode, it would be great if we could get biomonitors on the cows. They Thomas mentioned yes. they have trackers here, but there's no pulse or you know. Can you? I assume you can get them. I might be wrong. That's like the old, you know, you can milk anything with nipples. Can you get a pulse from a cow? <laughs> I don't know. That that's something we'll have go, to look go, up. GoPros on them. Can you get a pulse from a cow? <laughs> so they're going to talk about one of my favourite incidents from the Sherman's time in Skinwalker Ranch. Great story. And, yeah, and I think this is one of the first things that really got me interested is that the the Shermans were out one day, middle of the day, cattle were just kind of mulling around in one of the pens. 
they headed off for a few minutes, came back, and all the cattle were gone. There was not a sound to be heard. And they had turned up inside one of the porter cabins that was basically next to the pen and were standing in a trans catatonic state. Um, yes. Have you read Secret Machines? I I have listened to the first part of it. I am using an audiobook just for my own schedule and time. Um, I don't get to read as much so, as I used to. I'll I'll try and be spoiler free, just because it's a it's a you know it's quite a cool story. There's a, there's a particular bit uh, where a group of others referred to as the hive um, take over a bunch of cows around a character, and they all are said to be just in a trance, surrounding uh, this one character. I won't say who, um, but it, this reminded me exactly of that. You know that that. Uh, oh, sorry, rather, the, the cows in the trailer reminded me exactly of that. Just all being in a trance, just not yeah. behaving how they'd normally behave. And then at a certain moment, they snap out of it and just lose it because they just don't know where they are or what's happening. And, and that's one of those things. Has it been lifted directly from this? But there's so many incidents like that. And again, it's just it's that whole thing about the ranch or whatever's behind the phenomena, toying with people on the ranch, toying with the, the livestock, toying with the people. Um, I think we're about to see a bit of that coming up as well, aren't we, as we get into the kind of rocket rocket experiment as well. Um, But yeah, the cattle mutilation side of things is is pretty interesting, pretty intriguing. It's that next step up from crop circles for me. Yeah, for sure. Making science is one thing, turning living things into science is another. (laughs) Yeah, and here's something I like. They've got another graduate from the university, so this is Brandon Shugo. so happy. Yeah, she looks so happy to be there. I, what I will say in a minute. She does. I love her energy. In a minute, if you're watching along with us, if you watch when they are looking for that thing in the sky that appears, she doesn't appear to be looking in the same direction as them. And I'm sure at one point it doesn't even look like she's got her eyes open as she's looking up. As if like, oh, I'm not as into this as you guys. I'm just a student who got asked to come along. But this is the kind of thing that, that another one of these experiments that they've spent obviously a bit of money on. But again, it's still a pretty basic experiment for what I'm guessing they're looking to do down the line because this is one of those things. They do get something from it and you'd imagine they're looking to take this to the next level next time. Yeah, for sure. They, You know, this gives them, as opposed to the balloons, this gives them a more direct vertical reading. Of an do you know, idea do you know of what would be uh, good? The readings. If, like, if, if someone involved the Skinwalker Ranch owned... A helicopter and they would just put that helicopter i don't know on autopilot you know i'm sure that wouldn't be out with the realms of possibility and just fly it straight up and just see what happens it might hurt though i would say <laughs> but you know what i mean if you can afford one helicopter you can probably afford a second right so why not just put those instruments strap them to the, the bottom of the chopper and just fly them up straight up in the air that that would be a that would be a way to do this. But maybe that'll be the second series. Is that yeah. going to be the cliffhanger at the end of season two? Brandon getting in the helicopter, flying it straight up. Do you know what? Disappearing and we won't know. What <laughs> do you think of a much better cliffhanger? It'd be great. <laughs> no one hears from Brandon Fugel after that point until the start of the third series. <laughs> He's that kind of guy that would have that commitment to the craft that yeah, I'm going to stay totally off the radar. They're going to do this experiment now. So they're going to basically, like last time they launched the, the balloons, and we got some good data off the back of that. 
However, this time they want to send rockets straight up into the air, um, which I love the idea that this is proper like science 101 for these guys, and they can tell they really enjoy these type of experiments as well. So the rocket goes up, but doesn't seem to make it as far as they want. So it's kind of all over the place and comes back down to Earth. You know, the first time I watched it, I thought it hit something. I had to like go back five seconds because it changes direction like pretty quickly, or at least it looks like. Uh, but watching it back, obviously, it doesn't hit anything. But it I got seems, pretty excited. It seems like a proper like frat house game where, you know, like I was watching Grown Ups the other day, the Adam Sandler movie, and there's that bit yeah. where they shoot an arrow straight up into the air and then you have to kind of run away from the arrow. This is it's almost what happens at one point because they start to go, oh, wait, that, that thing's now a missile. And you can kind of see them looking as if like, oh, no, where's this thing's going to come down? But it does land a, a ways away from them. So Thomas goes They do out, a great job finding it. They do. They, they find it pretty quick. I imagine that was probably a good like hour and a half, two hours worth of looking potentially. And they've made it look good yeah. for the cameras. So the stuff's a little bit busted. They've got plenty of equipment anyway. Um, the idea being they've got one of the, the meters for readings plugged into a cell phone, just a kind of cheap Samsung. I'm a Samsung fanboy, as most, most people would, would find out or want to know. Um, but yeah, so they've used that as I watch this on my iPad um, <laughs> that Dan recommended <laughs> a few months ago. It, it does. It's, it's the best of both worlds. So they're going to go with a second rocket, which I love that they're straight back in there. Second rocket time. This one seems to go well, Dan, but something happens here. And there's a lot to talk about, so I don't think we're potentially spoiling it too much by if you want to launch straight into what, what's about to happen. Uh, the UFO. It is the UFO. And do you know what's funny about that? So that first rocket that went up, it didn't go well. And, the, and what surprised me, given what they've talked about in the rest of the show, whenever something's happened and they've made like a point of pointing out oh, this was really mysterious, or this was really... Di- was there no potential foul play or messing with the experiment by any outside forces? They just seem to accept that the first rocket didn't really work. Whereas... It, it kind of you know, speaks to the them not being dramatic as people, you know, yeah. if that's the case. And that that's fair enough that they've went along with, nope, this part of the experiment just didn't work. I think they use the phrase, like, you know, this happens with rockets sometimes, and... So here they've got the second rocket. They know what they're looking to do. They're taping stuff to it. And like you've said, Dan, the the UFO is going to appear in the sky. What was your thoughts? Because we're now four episodes in and we get our first proper glimpse of a UFO caught during filming. We've seen clips and we've seen bits of newspaper clippings, but the cattle are going a bit mad just now, um, as you would kind of expect if something was going to happen. I, I didn't really expect the UFO this early in the season. I thought this would be a kind of, you know, the cliffhanger thing. Um, but it wasn't. It's smack bang in the middle of the episode. It's not at the end of the season. You know, it, it's fascinating. An absolutely fascinating event. Uh, we, we know that Eric checks it. Um, doesn't find anything that it could be. Yeah, so we can see that it doesn't look the same as the plane in the sky there as well. Definitely not. And I think when you first see it as well, you don't appreciate that it blinks in and out within a certain amount of time, and we'll get to see that soon yeah. back in the command center. But there is definitely something in the sky, and there's the girl who's the student looking in a totally different direction. And that <laughs> might just be an editing flaw if the thing has disappeared. But yeah, so the yeah. UFO, it's your typical bright spot in the daylight, but it does tie in with the fact they've just sent a rocket up. 
So again, it's that whole idea that there may be something above the ranch. There is a potential source of energy above the ranch. They're talking about measuring gamma rays potentially up there that could be really dangerous. And here we have something's appeared for them. The, the, the reaction that is my favourite is Dragon, who seems proper childlike in his wonderment that this UFO has appeared. He seems genuinely a bit awestruck by it. That he, and he's quite excited even when he's been interviewed, which I love. So there, there goes it's, the second it's rocket. How, uh, it's nice to see, though, because this is what happens, right, when you see these, uh, these craft, these lights in the sky. That, that's exactly the feeling that kind of overcomes you, like the universe is suddenly new again. Yeah, it, it's, it's really odd. Like I say, I, I talked about some of my experiences recently on Dead Hand Radio and um, the, the first podcast before I started that UFO podcast um, on Tessa Mauro's paranormal prowlers i talked about seeing a kind of triangle craft driving home from work last year um and yeah it's just it's an odd feeling an odd experience and you i would do things you wish you could go back and oh i could have grabbed my phone and but i was driving at the time and going pretty fast and it was on a really kind of dark road and yeah there was a triangle and if i could have just tried to film it and it's so clear in your mind but it is like a really for me it was a really odd feeling when you see it yeah I agree. Hopefully one day Elon Musk will make it so we can just show people our memories. That would be stellar. Oh, I, I would be all up for that. And that would probably get some of the, the kind of fakers out there as well. Yeah. Again, like I said before, the beauty of this whole topic, you only need one of these stories to be right for it to be the greatest thing of all time. Yeah. That's it. They can all be false and all be Absolutely. fake. But if, if only one of them turns out to be true, that's that's all you need, which is which is amazing. So here we go back, and Dragon seems a little bit pale, almost, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's probably uh, taken aback by it. He's still looking out there. He's still pointing. This girl Look his eyes, like properly imagining. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by his eyes he's reliving this whole incident again. Like, absolutely loving what he's seen. Travis is really excited, and I love how, again, in three weeks, Travis has turned around to, yeah, obviously you've seen a UFO, you know, <laughs> we've, we've disturbed the ranch, stuff's happened, you know, we've obviously just seen proof of alien existence. So yeah, this, this is it, aliens exist. Travis is so excited about it. I would love to get Travis from three weeks ago beside Travis of now and just have them talk to each other and watch the arguments and sue. But again, they're pointing at the hard. cattle, aren't they? The cattle have moved over to one side of the ranch. They're behaving erratically, behaving really oddly. They've all grouped together. And again, is that something to do with the, the UFO appearing? It's affecting the cattle. That's that warning sign they talked about and the change in behaviours, the erratic behaviour. And there is more later this season where that happens as well. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So it's worth noting that they're moving away from those areas uh, and are sensing something. There are biosensors. We have to listen to them, right? That's it. And again, if, if you had those kind of Apple smartwatches on the on the cows, that would be great to kind of track and, you know, what they were doing at the time. But here we go. We've got the UFO back. And very luckily, it appears beside some kind of, I'm guessing it's a commercial jet. And this That's is something, right, yeah. remember, they've shown us they've got the technology to check what's in the sky at the time. So they'll be able to go back and look and see what that jet was, what that plane was. And to the to the left-hand side of it, this UFO has clearly come back in. And it does seem to be like phasing in and out of wherever it is. You can't really tell from the camera movements 
Um, Because even this, I'm guessing, $100,000 camera that is filming this show, the cameraman cannot keep it steady as he films the UFO. So it just goes to show you, even if you've got your little crappy smartphone or your 1994 over-the-shoulder mounted JVC Panasonic, you know, handheld camera, or you've got a state-of-the-art piece of kit, you still can't keep a steady shot when you're filming a UFO. But it's totally gone It's totally gone The further you zoom, the shakier your shot's going to be. Yeah. It's impossible. And I think naturally the adrenaline and stuff, when you when you do kind of have these experiences or see anything, it's it, it's difficult to see. Did you see the the, yeah. po- the Poland UFO that's been doing the rounds the last week on on Twitter and Facebook? Go on. It was um in a field, and this guy's taking a pretty clear shot of what appears to be a UFO in the field. Now, Jason Gleaves, who I interviewed in episode three, he done some analysis of the image and said it was definitely a, a real image. It wasn't superimposed, wasn't CGI. But just today, um, it's done the rounds. It's made all the kind of big websites and stuff as well. And, you know, things like Lad Bible all picked up on it as, is this a genuine UFO? It does look pretty vintage. Um, it looks like a 1950s type UFO. However, Philip Mantle of Flying Disc Press, who I believe is one of the people who got a hold of the photo originally, he's basically came out today and said that they know for a fact it's a hoax, even though initially they were quite excited about it and they're going to release in the next couple of days the information as to why they know it's a hoax. So that's a bit unfortunate. It looked like a pretty clear picture. It was pretty good. But again, more than likely one of those. And this is the problem, isn't it? That if it, if it looks too good, it looks too good, and if it's if it's shaky and poor quality, then it's ah, it's not good enough. Why couldn't you get a better picture? And where is that in yeah, between? Absolutely, because anything you see in we, between, it's not, it's still not good enough. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why it's different when you see these things yourself. You know, it it takes all of that guessing out of it. And they if make you do point. your standard. You you check your stars, you check your flights, you check your orbits for satellites, and mm. Yeah, just you, you you cut all that fakery away. And I know for a fact as well, it's, it's one of those things, you know when you look at a scene with your eyes and you then put a camera phone up to it and no matter how good the phone is or a, a proper camera, it never quite takes the scene the way you, you see it with your eyes. Things just Absolutely. don't look the same. That's how I feel. Even if I did manage to, to film or take a picture of the object I seen in the sky that night, it wouldn't have looked the same. It would have looked really far away. And it wasn't. It was a couple of hundred feet in the air above the tree line. Um, you would have seen two two small lights. I doubt you would have even made out the triangle. You could only see the triangle with your eyes. And that's the kind of frustration, you know. Human eyes are an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, potentially bioengineered the, by one of these entities, but who knows? The, the last uh, video I got of something I saw, I literally stopped filming because I couldn't see it on the phone screen. And it was only the next day when I bumped up all the image quality that you can clearly see the light kind of there yeah. where I thought it was. <clears throat> I wish I'd have filmed more. Well, I mean, you say that and look at what they're doing now. So they've got some really state-of-the-art equipment here. They're zooming right in. And this time you get a 10-second shot of this light with it, all its different kind of points and, again, just the pixelation and whatnot. But it clearly That's comes so into existence and almost goes back out and if you talk about things being interdimensional multi-dimensional coming from different realities then this is probably a really good example of one of those things where it seems to come into existence in this plane of existence and then disappear again it's not one of those 
doesn't seem to be a solid object coming in and flying away. Yeah, for sure. It, it makes me think of like a, a toe dipping into a pond to a fish, you know? Like yeah. we're just seeing that little part of it and that's it and then it's gone. That's a good, yeah, I like that. There's a human there. And I love that they bring up Audacity, a free bit of audio software here. Brandon's not quite plumped for Adobe Audition. What he said <laughs> is, here you go. You can have Audacity for the first series. It's free. It'll give you the same results. And Eric, like the trooper he is, has got on with it. But I imagine the second season got a bigger budget. Um, and what they're showing here is different frequencies and the sound. And basically, as the, the rocket hit the peak altitude, the burst of gamma rays didn't quite get incredible Hulk levels, but they did get some increased readings, enough that they said that thing was screaming. So again, they're getting the measurements. Yeah. They're showing that the source of energy increased as it got higher. If the energy source was down on the ground, it would have decreased. So there's definitely something up in the sky. And again, someone like yourself, Dan, joking about it earlier, those maps you put together shows pretty accurately where they're measuring at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, worth noting, the rockets don't go as high as the balloons did. Um, so hopefully they'll do this again and we'll get some higher altitude readings so we can kind of see the, the broader picture of what's going on there. With the helicopter. With the helicopter, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, I meant to ask you before, if in the second series of Skinwalker Ranch you could have a special guest appear in one of the episodes, who would it be? Chris Blood, so really that's yeah it would have to be it'd have to be um i completely accept it if he said he didn't want to go because he felt that it wasn't where he should be though um but i'd really love to see what such a focused wholesome intention could get out of the ranch that, that's a really good show i like that how about you uh mick west no absolutely not um Definitely not Mr. West. I can't believe that someone started a GoFundMe to send them out there. My God. I mean, That's, if you're going yeah. to send someone, I'll happily... I mean, me and you, Dan, can go and do a live episode out there. That would be pretty cool. We can, you know, we can preview the second series for people. Um, but no, absolutely not. modern whole tape. Yeah. <laughs> Give your money to charity, people. You know, there's much better and more positive <laughs> causes than sending someone like that out there. Um, but yeah, um, for me, second series, I would love to see, right, so you've had the Simpsons and Family Guy do a crossover. You've had like the Jetsons and the Flintstones do a crossover. I'd love to see TTSA obviously get involved and do like a Christmas special where the TTSA crew, like Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, Tom DeLonge, Hal Putov, all journey along to Skinwalker Ranch and like interact with the crew. That'd be pretty good. So yeah, recount the, uh, the stories from all that what happened on the ranch. Get Bigelow in there as well. Why not? Uh, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon talking to Brandon Fugel. I mean, that would just be a wonderful conversation, right? It would. One that apparently still hasn't happened yet, but you, you, you wonder really? if that's still the case. According to people I spoke mm. to up until a couple of weeks ago, yeah, but I, I wonder if that's since changed. It, it, there might be a reason for that, you know, cross-contamination of data or there might be some reason that TTSA don't want to engage with the stranger stuff yet. Yet. Uh, in, a, in a big way. But, yeah, I mean, it is yet, isn't it? It's definitely yet. We're getting there. <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited for three years' time when 
the general public are on consciousness to find out what we're going to be on then. <laughs> Absolutely. The, um, they're on the phone just now to Brandon, so they've called him as usual. When anything big happens, they've called him up. And uh, it does make me smile now when I hear Brandon talking on the phone and being really dramatic that I've since found out from Thomas Winterton on Good Authority. He actually talks like that. And he can be just as dramatic ordering the pizzas for lunch. You know, are we getting Domino's? So, yeah, he is. Apologies for the accent, folks. But yeah, he is that dramatic, apparently, in real life. And he's very excited himself. And I love that about him that he's got an enthusiasm and passion for the subject and the topic. And from it, put the money he obviously has, because everything you see in this series, he has put the money into it. And the people he's got involved, we, we, we can see by now at the end of episode four other right people to be doing this and definitely taking it forward as well. But the, the episode's sort of wrapping up now, uh, Dan. What's your thoughts then and kind of what's gone on? Because the UFO incident's finally happened. Brandon Fugel just now is talking about one that he's seen previously when he had his experience. And we're getting some very artistic shots of Brandon looking forlorn in the forest. Um, but yeah, so what's your thoughts been episode four? It's amazing that we're only, <clears throat> what, four hours or four episodes into the show um and we've already seen a ufo um in terms of when you think of how long bigelow was there and you wonder what has been seen and what's gone on before you think wow you know i know this covers more than just four hours of time but it seems fairly active to me um the whole team has seen a ufo there now pretty much Right. Yeah, and you're right. It's, this um, is about a month now. They've been on the ranch roughly four weeks um, filming. So as much as we've got four episodes out of a month and they may have had to stretch a few things, like the magnet in the briefcase as a reveal, they've still managed to get a decent lot of content into four episodes and that only increases yeah, as, the, as the next couple of episodes go on as well. So um, we hear some, you know, some on some information on kind of Bob Bigelow again and they touch on him now and again as the series go on but nothing huge that would be a great guest appearance for season two that would blow people's minds so so maybe that had. so yeah if I can be greedy and I can because it's it's, it's my show um it's our show this one Dan sorry so I, I would have Bob Bigelow as a guest appearance in season two and I'll have the TTSA unidentified slash skinwalker watch along uh skinwalker ranch show even as a Christmas special. But I'd love to see Brandon and Bob talking. Oh yeah, that's that's box office. That is absolute box office. So what what about Eric Garden, Eric Davis? That, 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 that could be interesting. Eric Davis. I don't know how much he would be up for something like this at the moment. His (laughs) name is maybe out there. I think more than he would like, but that is, I mean, I would normally just blow off and say that's a topic for another time, but it literally will be a topic for some time in the next couple of weeks if some of the people yes, that I'm speaking will. to are coming on to the show um, on the main <laughs> feed. So. so, yeah, we've got some lights on the Mesa. We're getting a bit of a recap now, and it's just bringing things back to your own memory that, look, these lights, these UFOs, these beams, these have been seen for some time now, and we're seeing it again. This is my favourite one, December 23rd, 2017 the one that shoots across the sky, almost like a bit of a meteorite, but it's clearly not, and goes behind the mesa. So, so yeah, things are kind of ticking along nicely in the Skinwalker Ranch series. Re- really enjoying it now as well. I think it's been built at a nice pace. It's different enough from the unidentified at this point that you, you don't necessarily compare the two shows, I don't think. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and it's it's not even, I think, comparable to something like the Curse of Oak Island or something like that. It's mm-hmm. it's far above um, in terms of what they're trying to do. And just as a, as a bit of a preview for next week, that's one of my favourite things in the whole series is when they do the underground imagery and they see what they see. We'll just leave it there as uh, a bit of a, a an ending. But yeah, so that's it. End of the episode, folks. Really, really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, so we can kind of see where it's going at this point. Do you remember what you were thinking back when you watched it in real time, Dan, back a few months ago when it was on TV? I was eager for, I remember seeing Richard Dolan saying something about cattle mutilation um, around episode five. So I was very, very eager for episode five at this point, um, thinking, well, if the UFO wasn't the big thing that Richard Dolan walked away from this season with, then what the hell is it that happens in episode five? Uh, The blue is mine so much. That's it. There's a lot of good stuff to come. And at this point for me, it was like, finally given the interest I've got in the subject and topic, here come the UFOs. It does kick on even further. We've got Linda Moulton Howe appears late in the series. We do have further incidents with the cattle. We've got more incidents with the animals that we'll say right now the alpaca stuff turns out to be kind of something over nothing. Unfortunately, one of the animals does get hurt, but again, that's the the whole ranch lifestyle. Um, But yeah, the series is really kind of coming into its own now. And it does leave you wanting to see the next episode because things are obviously happening on this ranch as they do more and more experiments. So yeah, really enjoying it so far. But Dan, that's about all we've got time for this week. Any any final words? Uh, No. Uh, Fantastic! Then that's a great episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was just it was just a great episode. The UFO excited me muchly. I had it in massive letters in my notes. Uh, Like you said, it was really what we were all waiting for. And it just blew my mind. It was in episode four, and we're only halfway. Yeah. Just before we finish up, Dan, um, and this isn't Dan didn't ask me to do this, but um, he did do some artwork recently that has been uh, getting some amazing feedback. If you look on my Twitter feed at UFO UAP AM, you will see the initial logo I started the show with, with the black and white background, is now superimposed onto a very colourful badge. Dan, I'll let you d- discuss the background of the badge what it was and what you've kind of made it into and if people do want to go on and kind of support you and the artwork you've made and get something really cool for their money as well how can they do that um this is my first ever plug thank you um, <laughs> i thought i'd put you on, i love putting you on the spot now and i've started to kind of enjoy it in a certain <laughs> way, so. um i basically wanted to make something to commemorate uh, um the tic tac event uh, and I love the look of mission patches, the NASA mission patches, you know, what they mean, what they represent to us as a, as a race. Um, so I thought it would be a really good thing to adapt one of the more colorful ones into the, the Nimitz and Princeton and Tic Tac encounters. Uh, so yeah, I did that, popped it up. Everyone seems to love it. We're looking to get in some patches done. So watch this space, I guess, for that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, if you want it printed on anything like stickers, you can get it on bed sheets. I think um, don't feel obliged. Um, <laughs> you you can go to uh, to infinity uh, dot redbubble dot com, um, and you can see everything there. The uh, the the Luis Elizondo artwork, the truth one that I did a few weeks ago, is there too. 
Nice. Awesome. And do you know what? There's some great stuff. Go back through Dan's Twitter handle at The Signal and you can see the Lou Elizondo Truth picture, which has gotten great traction. Lou himself has laid his eyes upon Dan's artwork so and it got some glowing feedback to folks. So please go on there and do that. Again, on this show, if you're supporting via Patreon, we've got Mark and Matt have recently signed up on Patreon. Thank you very much for joining the show, folks, and supporting us. It's really appreciated. And every dollar does make a difference, okay? Um, So at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast, if you want to pledge and support the show, we do plan on making some more bonus content soon. On the main feed, this show will always go on. Again, it's kind of difficult times for everyone financially just now. So we always release the shows onto the main feed about a week later. This one being recorded a little bit later. It'll be out on Monday the 29th of June on the Patreon exclusive feed, but you'll be able to listen to it on the main feed from Friday the 3rd of July as well. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week, folks. Thanks. We have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. (laughs) Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.